Beautiful. So, today's daf is daf pei beis, page 82. In Meseches Yavamas, the words that we got up to are avolayni muach mai, which is on the second line of pei beis amad alaf. Avolayni muach mai. Now, let's remind ourselves what this is going on. And the focus of our Amar Aleph is going to be on the b'risa from yesterday. Yesterday, we quoted a b'risa which which uh, came off of a halacha, which stated that anything that is counted cannot be nullified, okay? Which is a dover sheba minyan. Something that is counted individually is not nullified inside of a mixture because it stands on its own, it's had its own kashibas. Only something that's not a dover sheba minyan, only something that's not individually counted is nullified. Okay, now we had a shayla whether it has to exclusively be, uh, you know, um, uh, counted by itself, what if sometimes this, sometimes that, but be it as it may, yesterday the Brysa said that if you have a piece of meat of a Tomei carbon chatos that gets mixed into Tahar carbon chatos, the halacha is it's nullified. Rabbi Yehuda argues on that, Rabbi Yehuda says it's not nullified, but that's the machlekes, okay? Tahar meat, um, I'm sorry, Tomei meat of a carbon, of, of a, um, of a carbon chatos, it's not nullified according to Tanakama. Uh, it is nullified according to Tanakama. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not nullified. Now, the Brisa went on to say, "Oh, so but the Tanakama will agree in the following case that there's nullification." And what's the case where there is nullification? If you have tahar chatos meat that gets mixed into chulin, that we agree there's nullification. Okay, so interesting. In order to find the case of nullification, we have to switch over from, from um, chatos meat that gets mixed into chatos meat to a case of tohar chatos meat that gets mixed into chulin. That's the only case, it seems, in the Tanagamas where it say there's nullification. Fine. Now, um, what we tried proving from that, Brisa is that you see that a piece of meat, even though it's usually counted, becomes nullified, which is a contradiction on Reish Lakish, because Reish Lakish said anything that is, that is a Dover Sheba Minyan cannot be nullified. So the question is, why is this piece of meat nullified if it's a Dover Sheba Minyan? To which the Gemara responded that we're dealing with a piece of meat that fell apart. It was Nimuach, it dissolved. It fell apart. It became, it became uh, different pieces. Okay, fine. That was the Brisa and our explanation of the Brisa. Okay. Now here we go. Second line on Pebe's Amad Aleph. Says the Gemara, we have a le- very lumdish uh, uh, um, daf ahead of us with a lot of diyukim, a lot of assumed inferences. Here we go. Says the Gemara, all of this conversation can be based upon the Allah and the Brisa that we just stated. Let's say the Tomei Chatos meat did not dissolve. Let's say it did not fall apart. The Tanakhama said it was nullified when it did fall apart. What about if it d- doesn't fall apart? We're going to assume Laisala. It's not nullified. The only reason why the Tanakhama said it's nullified is because it fell apart. If it didn't, it's not nullified. Says Gemara. Well, at the end of the Raisa where we said, if you have a piece of meat of a karbachatas that gets mixed into 100 pieces of meat of chulin, that are tahar, Laisala, then in that case, it does not, um, th- there's no bittle, there's no nullification. Says the Gemara, 
The Brysa should stick to its original case and say, you know where the Tanakhama says it's not nullified? I'm sorry, where does Tanakhama say it's nullified? That's when it fell apart. But let's say it didn't fall apart. The Tomei meat. It's not nullified. In other words, ask the Gemara a bomb caution. Excellent question. The Gemara's question is, why in the world, in order to find a case where the Tanakama agrees that there's no nullification, you have to talk about a Tahar Chattas that falls into Chulun. You know where he'll say there's no nullification? The same case, but just the meat didn't dissolve. Why do you got to give you a whole brand new case? It's a good question. Excellent question. Answer the Gemara, Tahiris, but Tahiris, Adafle. Okay. Which the Tana prefers to give us a case where you have something Tahar that falls into something Tahar, our case, where you have Tahar Chatos that falls into Tahar Chulin, and that's the case where we're going to say there's no nullification. Fine. Now, the reason for this, Baruch Hashem Farashi, the reason for this is that um, usually nullification will work when everything is Tahar. Okay, as opposed to Tomei falling into Tara, there's a whole conversation over there about whether it's Shaykh for nullification. But everybody agrees Tahar to Tar is nullified. So the, 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 the Tana of the Brisa prefers to give the bigger Chiddush and to say, oh, you know where there's not going to be Bittu? That's going to be Tahar by Tar. It's much bigger Chiddush. That's Gemara. Now, the Gemara is going to shift back to another point which we learned yesterday, and that is, according to Reish Lakish, there's bittel on things that are derabanon, but not on dairaisa. Rabbi Yechinon, his beloved brother-in-law, argues. Rabbi Yechinon says there's bittel even dairaisa. Reish Lakish says only derabanon. Says the Gemara. Ule Reish Lakish, Maishna Reish, Maishna Seif. According to Reish Lakish, who says again that we explain we're dealing where the meat fell apart. What's the nafkamina in halacha? Why is there nafkamina halacha between the beginning and the end of the brisa? Okay, meaning. Why is it that Tomei meat is not bottle even at the end? Answers the Gemara, unless it's nullified. Unless it, I'm sorry, unless it dissolved, unless it fell apart. Incredible. We're sticking very short, we're sticking with his gut. He says, listen. In the beginning, we're dealing with it became Tomei through liquids, which is only going to be a Dirabonon Dika issue. So you're going to have where the tuma, initial tuma of the carbon chatos, it became Tomei through a Din Dirabonon. Now, Midai Raisa, if the meat were to touch a corpse, then, uh, I'm sorry, then it becomes Tomei. Otherwise, it's not going to be Tomei. The Rabbanon added in that you can even become, uh, you can even become Tomei through Mashkin. Okay? Because if the, if the liquid became tummy from a vessel, and then the tummy meat touch, and then the meat touches that, it becomes tummy. It's only a rabbinical thing. Now Rishlakish has to explain it like that, because according to Rishlakish, there's only nullification under Abanam. But the Seifa, the end of the Brisa, where you have regular chatos meat that gets mixed into chulin, that's going to be dealing with um, something which would be Usr de Raisa. Why are we dealing with Isr de Raisa? There's no tumma here, so the answer is that you're right, there's no tumma, but who's allowed to eat a carbon chatas? Only a kayan. Somebody who's not a kayan is asamidaraisa from eating it. Beautiful. So that's that so that would be the concern. Now, according to this, 
Reish Lakish is only holding that the case of the Tumah in that Brisa of yesterday's daf is dealing with Rabbinic Tumah. Tumas Mashkin. Says the Gemara, you can imply another assumption. Aval Tumah Sheretz Mai. What would be the halacha if, if the, the meat was tummy with Tumash Sheretz? One of the eight rodents dies, it gives off a Tumah. That Tumah is going to be a biblical Tumah. So we're going to say, according to Reish Lakish, Laisaleh. That it's not going to become bottle. It's only bottle again, according to Yishlakish, when we're dealing with rabbinic. When we're dealing with biblical, there's no bittel. Says the Gemara, one second. Is that, is that true? At the Tani Sefer, but at the end of the price, if you have a piece of meat that's tahar from a carbon chatos, that gets mixed into tahar chulin, there's no bittel, there's no nullification. If like, same question we asked before. We should give the change in halacha within the same case. And we should say like this. When do we say that there's nullification on Tomei Chatas meat? That's only by a rabbinic Tomah. And I'll, within the same case, I'll be able to explain a case where the Tanakama will, will hold um, that it's, it's bottled even by a Dindai Raisa. Says Gemara, same answer. Tahiris, Tahiris, so definitely we prefer to give the bigger Chiddush. The bigger Chiddush, the more novel idea that um, we're dealing with Tahar in Tar. Rabba Omar Barabba says, no, Resha Isure Lav, Seifa Isure Kares. In the Resha, the Bryce is dealing with um, uh, Chatos that are Tame Da'iraisa, but it's only going to be dealing with a Lav issue. But the Seifa, the end of the Brisa, is dealing with something that is usher already with a Tomas Kares. Okay? And, and uh, each one has a different degree, a different level of, of uh, Toma. And according to the Tanakama, we're not going to say there's Bittel um, w- um, just because there's an added Isser of Kares if it gets, mi- if it gets mixed in by Min B'minai. But we will say that something is going to be bottled by a Dindai Raisa as long as there's no Chi of Kares, even by Mim B'minoi. As we know from, from the top of today's daf, Rebuta argues, Rebuta holds Mim B'minoi is never bottled. To wrap up this, this conversation, and then we're going to shift over, says the Gemara, Baharabu Huda Amar, Kobi Daraisa, Laishna Iser, Lav, Laishna Iser Kares. When we said a biblical, when we were dealing with a biblical Tumah, we didn't make a distinction. Between a Tomei Lav and a Tomei Kares. The Gemara says, Kasha, you have a question, but Lamaisa, we're sticking with our answer and making the discrepancy between a Lav, a Chi of Lav, and a Chi of Kares. Okay, period. End of, end of that conversation. Okay, now we're going to have one more short conversation before completely shifting over um, on this Brysa. And again, the Brysa had said that uh, the Brysa on yesterday's daf on Ahmed Bey's told us. That according to Reish Lakish, the, the, when we're dealing with Adindra Abanon, the Tanakama is going to hold, there's Bittal. When we're dealing with Adindra Iraisa, there's no Bittal. Ravashi Amar, Ravashi comes to explain, In the Seifa, the reason why there's no Bittal according to the Tanakama is because it's something that's Yesh Loi Matirin. We'll explain in a moment what that is. And there's a rule when something is capable of becoming allowed, even in a thousand, it's not going to be bottle. Now, what is this concept of a dabar shiyeshle matirin? So, within the rules of nullification, 
As we explained on yesterday's daf, there are certain things that can never be nullified. For example, a Dover Sheba Minyan, something that's counted on its own, something that has its own individualized chashivus, is not going to be bottled. There's something else that's not going to be bottled, and that is something called a Dover Sheyeshle Matirin, meaning, if this thing in and of itself, whatever circumstance I have, will end up being allowed even without the bittel, even without the nullification, we're not going to bring in nullification. Okay, we're not going to bring in nullification. Okay, what's a classic example of this? A classic example is going to be when you have something that's forbidden, but only for a limited time frame. Let's say something I'm not allowed to eat on Yom Tif. I'm not allowed to eat on Shabbos for whatever reason. But after the Yom Tif and after the Shabbos, I'll be allowed to because it's not Muktz anymore, whatever. You can't rely on Bittal because it's a Dover Sheyesh Matirin. Because it's something that ultimately is going to, is going to be allowed even without the Bittal. Fine. So Ravash says, I'll tell you another, another way to possibly explain the Brisa. And that is by the Seifa, which says there's no nullification. That's because it could become, it could, could become allowed anyway. Because Dover Sheyesh Matirin. And the Reisha is talking about a, a, something that, um, and the Reisha is talking about something that's not going to be Matirim, and that's why there's Bittal. It says, Gemara Ravashi But this that uh, Ravashi is saying of Davashesh Matirim, Bedusahu. It's, it's mistaken, okay? It's, uh, it's not true. Because, Leman, what case would we be dealing with? If we're dealing with that, it's going to be permitted to a Kayin Mishrashari. It's already permitted to a Kayin. Right, because the halacha is that if you have something which is tahar chatas that gets mixed in with chulin, a kayin's allowed to eat it. Again, that was the case of the seifa. A kayin's allowed to eat uh, chulin that gets mixed in with totally fine uh, hektish. Eli yisrael, and if it's yisrael la'ila maser, it's going to become it's going to be usher always unless there's unless you say bittel. So where would it make sense for Ravashi to say that it's davar matir? This Teres of Ravashi is mistaken, and we're going back to our original, we have to stick with our original possible explanations of the Brisa. Okay, period, done for now with that conversation. Fine. Now, on Pei Aleph Ahmed Beis, on yesterday's daf on Ahmed Beis, we had a very interesting dispute, Machlaikas, between Rabbi Yechanan and Reish Lakish, concerning Truma Bizman Hazeh, when there's no longer a Beis HaMikdash. Is it, what is its status? What is its status? And is there such a thing as Truma, biblically nowadays? See, here we go. V'savar Rabbi Yechanan, Truma Bizman Hazeh, Rabbi Yechanan seemed to hold that truma nowadays is biblical. But here's the problem. But time to go to the Brisa. Shtei kupa is gewaldik. Ready? You have two boxes. Achas shal chulin vi achas shal truma. So you get two boxes in your house. One box is full of wheat that is holy. It's truma wheat. And the other box is full of wheat that is chulin. There's no sanctity whatsoever. And in front of these boxes, there's grain. And one fell into one box, one fell into the other box. 
we don't know which ones wear anymore. The halacha is hare elu mutarim. Any box that had chulin in it is Rashi says is still going to be allowed to be eaten by somebody who's not a kohen. Now a kohen could certainly eat all this because either chum or chulin, so the kohen could eat it either way. But the issue over here is going to be for a non kohen. Okay, why? Why are we going to allow a non kohen to eat from there? Ready? We don't, maybe there's chum in it. Shani haimer because I say chuma lasech chuma nafla. I'll say the chuma fell into the chuma box. The chulin besay chulin nafla and chulin fell into the chulin box. V'yomar eishlokish and eishlokish says v'husha rabbi chulin ala chuma. This is only true if there was more wheat in the chulin box than there is in the chuma box. Okay, because well, we need to have at least a rive, a majority of it to be chulin. Because if I have majority, I could rely on majority and say, either way, I'm allowed to have it biblically. Even if there's no, you don't have a majority of grain that was chulin over truma, it's still going to be allowed. Now, here's the problem. You ready? According to Reish Lakish, who holds that truma in a box and chulin in a box. The most we're dealing with is a dindarabonon. So he says like this, you're only dealing with a dindarabonon. Listen, so by a dindarabonon, you have most of the grain is going to be, and, and, and you know most of the grain is going to be chulin. Good. So halachach follow the majority and be lenient. Fine. El Rabbi Kasha. But according to Rabbi Yechenon, who holds that nowadays Shuma is the Iraisa, it's biblical, why is he saying it's okay even if we don't have a majority? Doesn't make any sense. Truma nowadays is a biblical problem for a non kayan to eat, and he's going to say it's okay even without a majority just because of a doubt? You can't be lenient on a doubt. Certainly, if it's biblical, says the Gemara, Hamani Rabbanani. You're right. Says the Gemara, Rabbi is going to hold that I hold nowadays it's the Rab, it's Dairaisa, but I was going in the opinion of the Rabbanon who hold that it's the Rabbanon. Okay. But, top of Amud Beis, Va'anan, says Rabbi Echanan, Va'anan da'amri Rabbi I don't agree with that opinion, says Rabbi Echanan. I hold the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. Now on top of Pei Beis, Amud Beis. Titania, because we learned in Abraisa, in Seder Ailam, this is a book of Brises, we'll call it, okay? A book of Brises called Seder Ailam. What does it say? Asher Yarshu HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give us the land of Eretz Yisrael that our forefathers inherited, you will inherit, via Rishto, yeah, you will inherit this is referring to two inheritance. By both inheritance, it's ours. But there's a third that doesn't apply. Okay, now what are the first two? The first two are when we initially came into Eretz Yisrael. And then after the destruction of the first base Hamikdash, when we came back with the second base Hamikdash. Okay, so that is going to be in inheritance. However, Ushlishis... The third one, that's that's uh, it's not ours to be had. Viyamar Rabbi Echanan, 
Mantana Seder Eilam, Rabbi Yaisi, it's the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. So Rabbi Yaisi is the one who wrote this brisa, who says that Truma nowadays is a din de'ai raisa. And since it's a din de'ai raisa, we're going to have to be strict. Okay, Gavaldik. Gavaldik. Says the Gemara. V'savar Rabbi Yechanan, is it taka true that Rabbi Yechanan holds that mit Rabbanon you don't need a majority in order to nullify to make it allowed if you have a mikvah with exactly 40 saw of water okay so here's what you do ready you have to the drop proper amount of water what do I do I pour in a bottle of tap water and now it's 40 saw plus a bottle of tap water. And then I remove a bottle of tap water. I know in that bottle of tap water is certainly going to be some of the original kosher water. So maybe I should view it now like there's not enough water. No san saw not also. Kosher, still a valid mikvah. You could do this up until 20 saw plus. My love, Dinishtaya Rubai. Aren't we talking about where it means a majority of the mikvah water is still there, to which the Gemara says, Lai, delay, nishko, rubai. What it means is you can't remove uh, most of the water at, um, you, 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 um, within its measurements. Okay? Meaning, you can add a little bit in, but as long as you're putting in and taking out, putting in and taking out, you can only go up to the, the measurement of half. You Maybe this halacha of mikvah is different. Because you can give the logic of you can always say that maybe the water you took out, even though it's far-fetched, but maybe the water you took out is, is the water that you, you put in afterwards. However, by the mixture where you know for sure that some fell into one and some fell into other, over there will be more strict. Okay, period. End of that explanation of Rabbi Yechenon's opinion. Now, here we go. New conversation, and this is going to bring us back around into biology and into the case. How do we get on to this case? Because we were dealing with a woman who marries a tumtum and androgynous kohen. That was the case of the Mishnah. And we wanted to know whether or not she's allowed to eat truma because there's, sometimes even her husband is not allowed to eat truma. So here we go. Tonight we learned to the Mishnah. Androgynous nice. An androgynous is allowed to marry a woman. Now, if an androgynous is allowed to marry a woman, it must be that he's a man. Must be he's a man, right? Now, remember, we learned in the Brisa that um, Rabbi Yechanan held an Andragonist as a man, and Rish Lakish said an Andragonist, like, we're not sure. If we're saying he's allowed to marry, and we're calling it a marriage, that means we know he's a man. It's a proof to Rabbi Yechanan, a question on Rish Lakish. So the Gemara responds, Tani Imnasa, if he marries her, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's for sure a valid marriage, says Reish Lakish. It's maybe it's a valid marriage, since maybe I could still be right. I have a nice thing, it says married, it doesn't say maybe married, it says, it doesn't say im, it says if he marries. It says Gemara, fine. But according to your reasoning, my Avaloy Lisa, what does it mean? Oh, but you can't marry a man. <laughs> you can't marry a man. Obviously, he's not dealing with a marriage. If you put a ring on a man's finger, it's not a marriage. What do you mean, if you were to marry? <laughs> it never happened either. Alamainisa, what does it mean? Diyavad. Yeah, afterwards. He tried doing an action like this. And I say, Nami Diyavad. So to over here, it means afterwards. Yeah, you, you have that concern. Okay, but it could still mean 
that maybe the marriage happened, maybe the marriage didn't happen. So Gemara says, Amri Light, they said, they, uh, they said, no, it's not possible to say that because to marry means you're doing it initially. But not to marriage means even b'diyavet. Says the Gemara of Hamikdani Seifa. But this is what we said at the end of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Lazar says, Androginos and Androginos chayiv and alavski lukezachar. If you have an Androginos that has relations with a man, we're going to be chayivim skila like uh, like like the halacha of, re- of a regular male homosexuality. Mechlaut aragamas vuke misafkale. This seems that that's the opinion of Rebbe Liezer, but according to Tanakama, there's not going to be a Chiv Misa, because he was in doubt whether an Androgynous is a male. Maybe the Androgynous is a female, and this is not Mishkav Zachar. Says the Gemara, no. Bain Lamar, Bain Lamar, Mishpap Shitale. Both Tanakama and Rebbe Liezer agree that an Androgynous is a man. That's what we're assuming now in the opinion of Rebbe Echanan. But Ika Benayu Skila Mishnei However, the Machlekes is going to be about Skila... Um, Literally, it means from two places. Okay, what does that mean? Demar sovar chayavin alav skila The we're going to obligate skila mishnei because of the two places. Umar sovar kizachar. And one says only when he's obligated, when the relations happened uh, in the manner of a male. Now this Andragonus has, has two Mekayimists. He's got two places for the relations to happen. He's got the place where a regular homosexual uh, relationship will happen. And he's got the female one. So the, the difference is going to be one opinion is Yechayev um, Skila for either, for either, we'll call it uh, entrance into the body, we're going to give skila. Another opinion says no, only if they have relations through the uh, through the opening that a man has. That's when there's going to be a chiyuv skila. Period. Fine. Now the Gemara is going to f- uh, focus now on the opinion of Rabbi Omar Rav. Rav says lesa lemasnisin mikame brisa. Rabbi Yaisi's halacha. In our Mishnah. Now, Rabbi Yaisi said in our Mishnah that if Andragonus marries a woman, she could eat truma, does not hold weight, mikame brisa, because of something that Rabbi Yaisi said in a brisa. We're going to have a problem. Okay, we're going to have a problem. What's going to be the problem? Let's learn the brisa, then we'll hold it here. Titania, because we learned in a brisa, Rabbi Yaisi, Aimer, Andragonus, Beria, Bifneatzmu. And Andragonus is not a male. And Androgynous is not a female. And Androgynous is a new species. And this new species, we're just unsure how to view this species. Like a Zachar or a Nekeva. Now the reason why there's an issue now is because if Rabbi Yaisi in the Brisa says quite clearly that in Andragonus is a burial bifne atzmahu with its own creation, and we just don't know where to put it. Why in our Brisa does Rabbi say that in Andragonus Kayan, who gets married, his wife can eat chuma? How can you say that? How can your wife eat chuma? You're a burial bifne atzma. You're not a male, you're a new entity, and we just don't know exactly where 
you know, we don't know exactly where to place you. Okay? So the Gemara says, Adaraba, just the opposite. Why are you saying the Brisa should hold more weight than the Mishnah, which said you're a definite, you know, it seems to be like you're a male. Maybe the Mishnah should hold weight and the Brisa is mistaken. Let's just, let's wrap up this conversation. Um, says the Gemara, No, we prefer to say the Brisa holds more weight than the Mishnah because the, from the fact that, that Rabbi Yaisi uh, stepped away from the other opinion of Rabbi Shimon in the previous Mishnah, and now he's speaking for himself, it seems that he backed away from the Mishnah. Shmuel Amr Shmuel says, no, less the Brisa Makami We never take a Brisa in front of a Mishnah. If Rabbi Yudan Nasi put an opinion in a Mishnah and they find a, a discrepancy, a different opinion of Brisa, the Mishnah is always going to hold more weight, says Shmuel. Says the Gemara, other No, just the opposite. Less than Masis become a Brisa. The Brisa should hold more weight. Because, because uh, we know that Shmuel is always concerned about the individualized opinion when it's more strict. And here Rabbi Yaisi is giving us a more strict, uh, a more strict opinion in the Brisa. Because according to the Brisa, she's not going to be allowed to eat Shuma if he's a Beria Bifneatma. Answer the Gemara, Hanimili, Kiloi, Misakra, Masnison. That is only true if you're not going to be removing a Mishnah. That's where Shmuel says we're going to follow the stringent individual opinion. That's when you're not, you don't need to argue on a Mishnah. Avoki, Misakra, Masnison. But if you have a stringent individual opinion that knocks off a Mishnah, like Chayish, we're not concerned, and Shmuel will not necessarily hold the Brisa has to outweigh the Mishnah. We're sticking with Taka Shmuel saying that the Mishnah, which stated that an Andragonus Kayan who marries a woman, she can eat Truma, outweighs his statement of the Brisa that an Andragonus is a Beria Bifnei Atma. Period. We'll hold it here for today. Besham, tomorrow morning, 9 30 a.m. We will continue on with Amri Beirav Mishmei Rav. Have a good Tavach. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.